my mouth. My lips are burning. Buffalo sauce. I was like, if it's not gross to you, I have commercial equipment that I use as chapstick. Is it like a dip your finger in? It's like a squeeze and you it off. It's not like super touchy, but it's still touchy. I don't care. No, I don't care I have like four oh, I know. Are you asking I mean, it's like not the time. Like, 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 Let's get us back to the beginning. I have lotion. There we go. Oh, yeah. is that you? Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of fun, cringy photos that you guys get to see. <laughs> okay. This Saturday is the FST at Palua Beach where our fellowship goes over finances and gives like a vision and gives a vision for the year of where we're going. Um, and then another announcement is seating at CT. They have asked us to not, I think, like go towards the middle. Do not sit on the ends. So I don't know if that's like... It's like like sit sit in on the middle and then fill it up, you know, from I don't know how long that from the middle. I don't I don't know. Craig might be able to add to that wherever he is. Um, I think that people are having to like jump over people or something. So just work your way out. Okay. Um, LTC is starting. Is it next week? February 22nd. 22nd LTC is leadership training. Um, if you're in that, you'll know. <laughs> and then we've got basic Christianity coming up, which is a class that really goes over all of the basics of Christianity. It's a great class to take. Um, if you have questions or want to know more about um, what the Bible has to say. So it's all of those basics. It's a great class. I can't recommend taking it more. Um, I took it three times. Three times. Great teachers. Too. Great teachers. I, it's Heidi and Kaylee. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that it this year? Yeah. Because yeah. didn't Kyle do it last year too? Whatever. There's two teachers, Heidi and Kaylee. Um, we have to take a picture. I think Craig said after, or maybe he said before. We have to take a picture of our home church tonight. And it's for the CT, no, not CT, what is, what is the, FST? The, it's for the FST, it's going to be at the FST, but there's going to be, I think, a new website, and, yeah, there's going to be like a map if you come to CT and want to get involved in a home church, so anyways, what? I just had Ryan over, so okay, going to take a picture tonight, we're doing that, uh, we moved prayer to Saturday before CT, uh, so come out to that. Why did they want us to work or sit inside? People were sitting on the ends of the rows. They didn't want to make an announcement. We just asked the people 
inward yeah, okay. and then work your way out. It's harder for us old guys to jump over all these people. And that's why. And new people. And don't do that we get to have fun tonight. We're gonna have an activity. It's the post game. Ooh. So we're allowed to have fun tonight. Yay! Yeah. And Lindsay's teaching. Hello! Yes! Take it away, Lindsay! Um, so tonight, uh, we're continuing in Romans. Uh, we're gonna go through, we're gonna go through Romans 1, 18 through 32. Um, and we're gonna talk about the problem of evil. And so, uh, before we start, can I have a couple people pray? Well, Lord, I just thank you for, um, being able to come out tonight, and thank you for uh, this teaching. I love the Book of Romans; it's my favorite. Um, I do pray for this time. I pray that our hearts will be receptive to what you want to say to us this evening, and uh, just thank you. Thank you that we get to hear from you. What a privilege, Lord. Well, Father, um, I just I thank you so much that uh, you are both just and loving that you do have an answer to evil, that um, it isn't just this mess that you left for us. Um, and I just, I pray that you can be speaking through me tonight. I pray that we can be having some really cool discussions about what that means and what that looks like. And that, uh, yeah, it can be a really fun time playing the post-it note game afterwards. So, amen. There's a phone up here. It's not mine. It's recording? Cool. We're recording. Okay. So, if you guys remember, last week, Angie went over some of these verses already. She went through 18 through 20. Um, and at the end, uh, I kind of shared a little bit. Um, Angie was talking about how God makes himself known. How he has his invisible attributes, how he's powerful, and he makes himself known. And so... I shared that um, that was really helpful for me as a high school student. So, let's see. Is that you? This is me as a high schooler. Hello. Hello. Um, <laughs> in case you guys can. Very came, 2008. Yes, very 2008. Um, I was pretty, uh, I'd like to say cringy looking back. Um, I went with my friends and took photos of myself. Uh, I thought I was really cool and edgy, especially right there. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. Um, and I was pretty a pretty big weirdo. And so, as you can imagine, other people didn't think I was as cool as I thought I was. Um, and it got to the point, actually, where some... There was one girl in particular who didn't like me and bullied me a lot to the point where I had no friends. She very successfully actively made it so I had no friends, um, which was really, really hard. And I was already having like a lot of fights with my mom. We didn't get along super well. Um, and so I became really depressed to the point where I was suicidal. And I reached out to God, uh, well, actually I didn't. I was just, I knew about God and I questioned 
Why is this happening? What is going on? You must not be there. You must not be real. And that lasted for like two weeks because of the science stuff that Angie went over last time. And so I was like, okay, God created everything, saw it was evil, and left. He's like, this is not good. I don't want to be around because he must not care. Um, and that isn't really true at all. And I praise God that it's not true. Uh, we see evil in the world and God actually responds to it. Um, in Romans 1.18, can someone read this for me? The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Okay. So God has wrath. It is actively being revealed. It is in our life today against the godlessness and wickedness of people. There is evil and God is revealing his wrath. Um, the Bible says that. And so... What is his wrath? What does it look like? How come sometimes it feels like we don't see it? This is called the problem of evil. Uh, the problem of evil is if God is all good, then God would want to stop evil. If God is all powerful, then he can stop evil. But evil hasn't stopped. So therefore, either God is not good, God is not powerful, or God is not fair. Um, yeah, it's rough. And that's what people struggle with every day. And so there's a couple different parts of this problem that I want to talk to you guys about. So there is an intellectual part and there's an emotional part. So intellectually, we can kind of break this down and be like, God, why is there evil? But emotionally, God, why is this evil happening to me? Why am I suffering? And then there's also two different types of evil that we see. We see moral evil, like my bully, who was actively inflicting some mean hate. And then there's also just the fall. The world is fallen, the world is broken. There are natural disasters, there are diseases. Kids die from cancer. Kids die just because, and we don't know. And that's also horrible and painful. Um, and so, hold on. I'm trying to find my mouse so I can move my notes. Oh, okay. Whoa, sorry guys, I'm a little technologically lost. We should talk about the other part, the other beliefs. If God is here and he says that he deals with evil, what do the other beliefs have to say? Well, there's atheism. Atheism is there is no God, um, so life is just kind of how it is. It's ultimately survival of the fittest. No one is really upset that that bug is getting eaten by that lizard. That is not wrong. That is just the strong beating the strong. But when that plays out on a human level, 
Um, we have something more like this from Hitler. He, his beliefs were survival of the fittest. Let's get rid of the disabled, the, uh, the weak, the homeless, the people who were not contributing to society, the people who are genetically inferior. If you are an atheist, you haven't the ground to say that Hitler was wrong because it's just survival of the fittest. What's wrong with that, right? Um, so what about pantheism? That's another different view. It says God is in everything and everyone and, you know, we all make up God. Like that happy Buddha statue, it's Mother Earth. And the earth is God and the God, God is the earth. We're all the same. But when you take, that sounds really nice. Oh, we're all part of God. We're all connected. But um, when you take it back to these atrocities that happen, it doesn't really work. If we go back to Hitler, God is in Hitler. God is also in the Holocaust victims. Who was right? Who was hurt? Uh, it, it has no ground. Um, but luckily that isn't what God says. So, why does God allow evil at all? <clears throat> Let's say that, okay, God says there's evil, but if he's all powerful enough and he's all good, why not just eliminate evil? Well, we gotta go back to creation. Can someone get this first one? So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Oh. Male and female, he created them. I am them. so That's sorry, fine. guys. <laughs> Male and female, he created them. I'm trying to move my notes. So, there we go. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, why would God allow this? He gives us this personhood. He created us in his image. So we have attributes that are naturally like him. We are self-aware. We get to ask the bigger questions of what's my purpose in life? Why am I here? What am I doing? Do I matter? Um, we're intelligent. If we uh, look at all the other species in the world, uh, you can kind of see that nobody else has made it to the moon. <laughs> no, no other species has created amazing computers. Um, we are sexual. This is something that God designed very differently in humans. Um, in animals, they just go and heat and go and procreate. Go do it, and that's what it is. Except dolphins, right? Uh, they might be different. I think dolphins are different. There might be a couple. There might be a couple. But sorry. Sorry. I think kibos are in there. Anyways, um for for humans, it's a relational aspect where it isn't easy sometimes. Sometimes there is work. It is not just about procreation, but it's about a relationship. And that's because God designed it that way and wants to relate with us in that very intimate way. Um, we're also aesthetic. 
which I think is, I like this one a lot. Um, we create things that are beautiful just to be beautiful. We have a design style, we have personality that goes with that. Um, when you look at other animals, you can teach an elephant to paint, but it will paint the exact same thing over and over again. It will never change the pattern. It does not have this creativity or fun that we get to enjoy. We are also moral. This is something that God put in us so that when I was talking about Hitler and the Holocaust, I'm pretty sure everybody felt a pit in their stomach that this is wrong. That was not okay. And we all have that intrinsically built in us that there are certain things that are just not okay. Um, and lastly, we have free will. And so free will is the ability to choose whatever we want. And you might be thinking like, why does there have to be a choice? Why can't we just be programmed to do the perfect loving thing every time? Why wouldn't God just create us to be good? Well, think about a robot. You can program it to perfectly love you. It can look exactly the way you want it, and it will never hurt you and do everything exactly the way you want. Would you want that? Is that actually what you want in your life? I think if you really think about it, no, you don't. You want someone who chooses you even when you're awful, even when you're terrible. You want to have this relational love. And that, that is part of free will. But if we don't have the option, then it's not a choice. So it's kind of like the inverse of good is evil. And there has to be a choice for us to be able to do this. Better. You can't program love. And so, let's see. Why does God allow evil? Because we are a source of evil. If he just eliminated all sources of evil, he would eliminate us. And maybe you're thinking, mm, I don't know about that. I'm pretty good. Romans 3.23. Can someone get that for me? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Yeah. That's everyone. Everyone sins. Everyone falls short of the glory of God. We are not perfect. We are not good enough to get into heaven on our own. And I think we all know, like, okay, maybe I'm, I'm not perfect, but I'm pretty good. That might be your thoughts. But again, we even see this further in our passage. Can someone get Romans 1, 21, and 20, 21 through 23? For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Yeah. So Angie last week showed us that God is here through all of his individual, invisible attributes. And so we can know God because something created this world. And so you can know God. But often 
not glorify him or give thanks to him. Um, and this is if you have a relationship with God or not. I think very often we put marriage, relationships, our family, a new title at work, um, just our work. We really love it. We put these things in place of God. And they take that and it makes us foolish. Um, and again, if you're still thinking, well, maybe not me, I have one more for you. It's James 2.10. Can someone read this? For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. Yeah. So... Have you never messed up? Have you always been perfect? If not, this is you. You're part of the evil of the world. You are a source of evil. And so, what is God's response? So we're going to read, I think I'm just going to read these ones um, because there's a lot. It's going to be... Romans 1, 24 through 29, it says, Therefore, God gave them over in their sin, sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind so that they would do ought so that they would do what ought not to be done they have become filled with every kind of wickedness evil greed and depravity they are full of envy murder strife deceit and malice they are gossips and so that's our passage a little bit more um god what does he do Work? He gives us over. He gave them over, gave them over, gave them over. This is repeated three times, and I want to be very clear. Just like Terry just said, he gives us what we want. This is God's wrath. And I do want to mention, it was pretty clear in that passage that God talks about homosexuality and how that is a sin. But it's not the point of this passage. It talks about how sex outside of marriage is not in God's design, and sex outside of God's design is sin. Um, instead of really diving into that tonight, I would love to share that in CT, we have been going through some really great passages that really dive into God's design for sex, God's design for marriage, and what that really looks like and what that means. And I think they do 
Um, they do two of them that are like an hour, which is a lot more information than we can cover tonight. And so if you have questions about that, I can share those resources with you. I can send you links. Um, but I would rather focus on what the point of the teaching is tonight, which is that God gave them over to their depraved mind. Yes. Oh, every kind of wickedness. It says here, continuing in our passage, they have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. This is what we are given to. And if we look at the world, I think this is pretty accurate. Every kind of wickedness, if you can imagine it, the internet has it and it's probably not great. Um, gossips and slanders, I think we hear this all the time. Everybody at work gabbing about who did this, who did that. Um, they invent ways of doing evil. If you were thinking a little while back, the opposite of good is evil, so God created good, God created evil. No. The Bible says that we invent evil. We invent ways of doing evil. This is because we are creative, but we do it for the wrong reasons. We want to be our own gods. Um, and so God lets us. But this is not where God leaves us. Can someone please read this verse for me? The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So, this is 2 Peter 3.9. I really love this verse. Um, it's very clear that, yes, there is evil, but that is for now. God wants to abolish evil and he promises that he will, but he is saying, I am waiting because I love you. I want everyone to come to repentance. Um, he gave us an opportunity to step out of his judgment. And he did that through uh, sending his son, Jesus Christ, down to live a life as a human, to die on the cross, for our sins. He lived a perfect life, was 100% God, 100% man, and died. Um, specifically so that we could have a relationship if we wanted one. And if you don't know God, if you don't have a relationship with him, um, I just really want to encourage you, you can start that at any time. All you have to do is pray, talk to God about it. Um, and it's really simple. It's just like, hey, God, I see that I'm not perfect. I see that I am a source of evil, and I don't want to be. 
I want to have a relationship with you. I want to do good things, but I can't on my own. And immediately God says, awesome, cool. Come into my family and I will teach you how to be different. I will teach you how to repent. Um, and so I need to move my mouse again from my notes. <laughs> so that is the logical answer, which I think is very helpful. But when you're the one who's in this pain and suffering, um, it might still be hard. You might be like 13-year-old, 15-year-old me, where you're like, okay, but why, God? Why me? Why aren't you doing something in my life right now? And if you don't have a relationship with God, I don't have a lot to offer you. I don't really know what to offer you because the world, it doesn't really have anything to offer you. It says it's survival of the fittest and... Yeah, suck it up, and that's hard. Um, and so, again, anytime you can enter into that relationship with the Lord and you can have some sort of answer for your pain. Um, let's see. Yeah, what about my pain? Um, what I do know is that this world is not God's design. It's not what he intended. It's not what he created initially. He wanted us to live in perfection. Um, and it's, it's rough out there. It's rough in the world. And so I don't want to offer cheap answers or like poor comfort. Um, I'm not going to tell you specifically what God is doing in your pain. I don't know what God is doing in my life like 98% of the time. So I'm not going to pretend that I can prescribe an answer to yours. Um, and, and maybe you're not in pain, but maybe you are comforting someone else. I would encourage you to reflect on that as well. <laughs> Do you know what God's doing in your life most of the time? Probably not. And that's okay. So don't, don't try to just offer some cheap comfort. Um, what I do know is that pain and suffering is useful, which is a little confusing, but um, God does use it. He says in Romans 8.28, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Again, if you have a relationship with God, that is you. You are called according to his purpose. And so whatever he is doing in your life, whether it's pain, whether it's suffering, um, whether you've just experienced someone being really mean, God wants to use it for good. And he can. And he uses that in a couple different ways. So one is by transforming our character. Ah. Uh, when we don't go through pain and suffering, we think life is easy and we get comfortable and we get very shallow. Um, when we are able to be in pain and suffering, it draws us closer to the Lord. It draws us deeper into a relationship with him. It transforms our character. And this character lasts, even if our suffering doesn't. Uh, 
God uses pain and suffering as correction. Sometimes we're not listening to God. We're not doing uh, what he says. And like this passage, he lets us and there is pain and suffering because we're not following him. And this can be used as a simple correction. Um, and sometimes unknown supernatural work is happening. So I really think about Job and he went through, if you know the story of Job, uh, he had this amazing life and then God, Satan, and some angels got into a weird conversation and Satan was like, let me prove that he doesn't love you. But Job was very faithful. And so he lost everything. <laughs> His everything. Literally anything you can think of, Job lost it. But he remained faithful to God. And at the end of it, he went to God and was like, why? Why did you do this? And he never gets an answer. He got spanked. He got spanked because God is God. He is powerful and loving and an amazing, masterful God. It's really hard to explain how much awe we have, should have for him and how wonderful his glory is. But Job never got answers. And I don't know, for some of us, we might never get answers of why am I going through this or see what good is happening. But just because we can't see it doesn't mean it's not going on. And this could be some really cool supernatural work that is amazing. Um, and so if you are suffering, I, I have a couple things for you. Um, before really digging too far deep, check your pride. I know this is a really hard one for me. Um, I am often like Job where I go and demand, God, why are you doing this? And if I don't get the right answers, I'm just going to be mad at you. I'm going to be angry. I'm going to push you away. Um, but that's not really helpful. And that doesn't get us anything. It just breeds more anger, breeds more hate. Um, and I think the opposite of that is being thankful. And so I want to remind you guys to be thankful. Uh, even if it's just... I am thankful for one thing, one day, every day for a week. Um, it can really transform us and really uh, allow us to remember who God is and what <coughs> he has done for us. Um, the other thing I want you guys to remember is remember God's promises. Uh, we have that Romans 8.28. This is a promise that... We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. You can rest in that promise. Another one is 1 Cor 4.17. It says, For momentary light affliction is producing in us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. Um, I know that oftentimes it might not feel momentary, it might not feel light, but this is in light of heaven. Um, our affliction on earth. Maybe, maybe you have 80 years of pain and suffering and it sucks, but you are faithful to God, you have a relationship with him, and you go to heaven, 
and you spend 900 years in his eternal glory where he wipes away every tear. And you're going to look back and be like, yeah, that was, that was momentary. That was light. Um, another one is 2 Tim, Timothy 2.13. and says, for when we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. God is there with you. He loves you, and he is committed to you. Even when he pushed him away, he is all, he'll give us our space, but he is always willing to come back and to work with you. Um, and with that, you want to seek his presence. If you are suffering, seek God's presence. Uh, it says in James 4, if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. And another beautiful example of this is the Psalms. You see David over and over again. God, everything sucks and it's terrible, but I'm coming to you. And we see God come through and draw near over and over and over again to David. Not the right book. And then lastly, have patience. I know that it is hard being in suffering. I have been in some suffering and it feels like it will never end. But this is where we learn how to wait on the Lord. And he strengthens and renews us in this time of waiting. He doesn't give up on us, and he loves us. So that is all I had for everyone. Um, I don't know if anyone has questions or comments. So, you know, that's that's always the struggle, right? Like, I'm a pretty good person, right? Mm -hmm. And I, God's standard never changes. Right. And, you know, it, even at the end of Romans 5, he's like, you're actually, you, you got to be perfect like I'm perfect. Right. That That's the standard. Mm hmm And I, so that's hard, but yet at the same time, it's like, oh, thank because we're all in the same boat, right? right? <laughs> it's relieving to not have yeah. to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's also, like, it's, he's very clear. There's no guessing. Right. So, I'm, I don't know. I think that's really, I'm grateful for that. Me too. Yeah. Definitely. There's no blurry lines, no, how good is good enough. He's like... It's either this or Jesus. Yeah. So. Perfect or Jesus. Exactly. <laughs> Good point. I think that, I mean, on the whole suffering note, I feel like I've definitely learned the most and gotten closest to the Lord through suffering. And then there, I mean, there's a time in my life where I was just like, you know, just so ungrateful and just in such a, bad place because I felt like I was, you know, all this suffering and I just was so mad at God. And, um, I had a friend like you like say to me and it was, it was really sweet, but it was like, you're so ungrateful. Like you've got to have some gratitude in your life and you need to write it down. And you yep. need to do it every day. Yep. And she was like, I don't care if it's bubbles that you're like, 
grateful for, but like you've got to come up with something. And it really, checking that pride and being grateful was like, and then also like submitting to the Lord's like, okay, you're, you are good. Your plan for me is good. Yeah. It was like this submission or whatever. It was just like, okay. And I think little by little, as my gratitude increased and I realized like, okay, like you are good Lord and what you have might not look like what I had in store for my life, but, but you're good. Yeah. I I believe you, you know? Yeah. I know that for me, gratitude also, it really transformed my life. And, um, I think it gives us also opportunities to remember, like, this is where God came through for me before Mm -hmm. I can trust him in this and that, that can like help us when we're in that suffering yeah. right now. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just think I appreciated your reference to choice. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's like, it seems like the more and more like you've got how to respond to a situation or deal with something, the less it is really familiar to you, right? Which is hard. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm often like Job. I, I want to know why. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, I think I deserve to know why. Yeah. I despise, right? So the, the truth is I don't deserve anything. I don't deserve an answer. I'm not going to get an answer. I, I may or I may not. Right. So good for us. Yes. <laughs> but so difficult. So difficult because yeah. we're so proud and so arrogant. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think that that's always a good thing to remember and and really helpful when you're in it. God opposes it, the proud but gives grace to the humble. So hopefully, if you you know, hopefully you have friends who will remind you of that when you have forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That idea points to that verse uh, 21 where it talks about um, they knew God but they didn't honor him as God or give thanks. Yep. And so, like, I find myself getting in trouble when, um, when I don't honor God as God when I want when I want something else instead of God. Mm-hmm. When I want um, my kids to love me. Yeah. Or I want my wife to love me. Or I want my job to be good. Or I want this other thing to work out. Or my teaching to go good. Mm-hmm. So I want these things, and I honor these things, sometimes higher than God. And God gives me over to them and says, hey, well, go ahead and take your satisfaction there and see what happens when it fails you. Yeah. Um, and it will. It will fail you. The things that we honor instead of God will fail um, because they're all broken. Um, and so the, the idea of humility points to that same thing. It's like, Hey, I'm trying to be God or orchestrate God or or um, manipulate into a good situation, and I'm not I'm not giving honor to God. I'm giving I'm taking honor to myself. And God says, No, no, no. Um, you have it backwards. And so I suffer when I'm when, when I'm doing the things. I'm chasing something that's not God. And God lets me do that for a while, and then, then I fall on my face. Yeah. And then I'm like, Oh God, this really sucks. Right. Um, your your love is unconditional. 
not only that, but <clears throat> not only did God give his son, but he wants to give us all good things. Why would he withhold any good thing if he's already given us that? And so, you know, all these things, all these prophets that we look at, um, let's just read Genesis again, and, uh, you know, this whole story of Joseph and the, and the famine and bringing the, the Israelites to Egypt and how God worked the Exodus after that um, is for God's glory and for our good. And yeah. maybe we can't see um, what the good is. We can't recognize what it might look like, but we, we get God. Yeah. about how God is our living water. He he overflows his cup for us. Um, and so he's always, like, I think that's very, very true. All right. Like, oh. To his point, like, he said, hey, I'm trying to have a good marriage. I want to do a good teaching. Mm -hmm. But he's kind of like saying he's putting that Ahead of God. Yeah. Actually, I don't, don't kind of. Not kind of like actually. <laughs> actually, actually putting yes. that ahead of God. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're doing a good teaching, you, you're doing that for God. Maybe. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It can get really mixed up. Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, really mixed I mean, I mean, yeah. I'm just trying to understand. But I mean, I like my, my heart is not pure. Yeah. 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 Mine, mine is not either. Yeah. Yeah, I like your point though. It's just kind of have to get an understanding of it. But yeah, I, I get it. I, I agree. It can get. I know that I struggle with that personally too. Where like it gets blurry sometimes. Where I'm like, oh, I want to do these good things and I want to do a good job for God, but then oftentimes for me, very specifically, I'm like, see God, look at how good I am. I deserve your love. And he's like, no, 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 you don't deserve it at all. <laughs> and so it's like you do the, being able to try and do these good things for gratitude from what God has done and for how he has saved us and who he is. And we get that relationship. That's why we want to do these good things. There's a difference between see God and love God. Yeah. Yeah. It's so hard, and it gets so messy because sometimes you're like, but I'm doing a good thing, and it looks good to everyone else, too. And then you're like, actually, it's really gross. So, but the Lord reveals that, so. All right, well, um, 
If there are no other comments, um, let's have a couple people pray. And then take a picture. And then take a picture. Lord, I thank you that in your loving kindness, you died for us. And um, it wasn't something we deserved. I mean, really, we deserve hell, but um, you have offered us a way out of that, and I just thank you for it. Yeah, Jesus, I also thank you that you definitely provide answers. You know, mm-hmm. many other religions, it's it's just kind of weird, and they don't make sense, at least to me. Um, but you, like, you're, you're pretty rational, and you provide answers that both, um, they answer the hard questions, Jesus. I just thank you for being that kind of God. Yeah, God, this world's messed up. It really is. We hate each other. Uh, it seems like uh, just yesterday, Rodney King asked if we could all get along. <laughs> that was 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And the answer is no. We're still beating each other up to death. Mm-hmm. And so, Father, I pray for your mercy on us to help us to find you, help us to honor you as God instead of chasing other things for satisfaction. Father, um, I am just, I am so thankful that uh, you provide answers. I am so thankful that you do not just see that the world is evil and leave, or that you don't care about us, but that you are all powerful, you are all good, and that you care. Um, I I thank you so much that uh, you have answers for when we are suffering and when we are in pain. Um, I just I pray for anyone who's going through that right now that they can be uh, drawing near to you, that uh, they can be seeking you out, and that they can be uh, clinging to your promises, Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just pray that too, if anyone I don't know has been hearing about you and doesn't know you, that uh, they could. They could make a decision to to accept you into their life, um, and that if anyone has any questions, we can talk about it more um, and have just a really good time uh, growing closer together. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Hey, can I say picture time? Can I also just say um, with the basic Christianity class coming up? Oh yeah, it's an eight week class, right? I think it's five. It's five weeks? Five weeks. Okay, oh. she's eight. Yeah. Oh, okay, so it's five weeks. Basically, if anybody has any questions about that or is interested in taking it, come to me or Craig and we will help you or try to answer any questions on that. And again, it's a great class. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Cool. Um, who's taking the picture and what angle? So we're gonna take a picture of that. I can take any picture. Let's do it. You want that on the chair? I can pull that this way. Do we pose or do you just want to take like? We don't look like naturally. Yeah. 